Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Out on the dance floor, everything's going to be all right. Out on the dance floor, dance hall, dance hall crashes tonight. This is the whole podcast this week. Uh, sorry, hi. I'm an overexcited Eddie French, and I'm joined by... Uh, me, Red Redmond. Hello, how are you? <sighs> you know how I am. We've just spoken to Karina Danike. What uh, a great episode this is. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, it's, it's been a great conversation. You know, we finally had a member of No Effects on our shitty little podcast. On our, this stupid little waste of time that you indulge in. Thank you for that, <laughs> by the way. We love you. Um, we've got, yeah, someone who, no, and, and do you know what? She couldn't have been more generous with her time and Absolutely. her stories. And, and it just, I mean, I don't want to put anyone off, but if you are going to be a guest on this show, you got some ruddy large shoes to fill. I'll tell uh, you that uh, much. Absolutely. I mean, like this is, you know, like this is a gold standard episode right here. I mean, oh. people have got some, uh, big shoes to fill. They absolutely do. Um, before we do that, let's do the normal thing. Come on, Red. How are you? Are you all I'm right? Very, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I've taken a week off of work. I've been in, in, in a cabin in the woods um, because it's, it's the coronation of the king and it's also been my girlfriend's birthday. So we decided to leave civilization and it was a, it was a great idea. But, but how are you doing? I'm okay. I was, I was in... So, as I was going to say, I was in civilization. I wasn't. I was in England in 2023, but I was in. <laughs> take like the dark England. ages, really, isn't yeah, it? Really, really the dark ages. I was. I was in uh, the civilization. Do you know what uh, my girlfriend and I did? We went to a uh, middle class market town, thinking there probably won't be anything about the coronation here. <laughs> <laughs> now we were we were scoping out the charity shop loot while uh, everyone else was getting ready for a big uh, pop concert. They had a, a concert in the middle, of, in Ripon, right, which is a lovely little town, very nice uh-huh. place. Uh, in their little square, they had a stage getting ready. They were, can you guess, uh, it was a tribute band that was yep. headlining. Can you guess the band? Queen? Oh, in one, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Celebrate so, the king with the queen. If there was a band called King, they couldn't have a Prince one. It was just this like this. <laughs> <laughs> what else said, so, you know, Duke Ellington? No, the, the, there's not There's not a band called King, you know. Kings <laughs> of Leon. Maybe they could have had Kings of Leon, but mm-hmm. celebrating Charles and Camilla by screaming sexes on fire really loudly. It's just not, <laughs> no one wants that. So, uh, but it, but you know what? It was lovely, and we had a walk by the canal, and uh, and it was all uh, very, very cool indeed. I mean, that sounds um, very punk rock. A little, it, little lovely walk along the canal. It was the most punk rock thing we could do while everyone else was sat in the church, um, <laughs> pretending to uh, enjoy this. It's once in a lifetime. Like, really? How long do you think Charles is going to live? Really? <laughs> like. I don't, I don't, on a personal <laughs> level, I don't wish the man harm, but he's, he's not, he's not a spring. It's not like when his mum got to the throne, when she was like 20, everyone went, she'll probably last a while. And she did, but you know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we were, um, uh, having a, having a nice time, uh, and everyone else appeared to be having a nice time as well, which I've not got any 
direct issue with but uh we <laughs> this is uh this is a well back to the more important thing of uh this particular um episode which mm-hmm. i believe will be going out we'll probably put it out just before uh no effects play in leeds because you know this is uh this is such a, a coup for us um so i'm just going to see here so yeah this will probably Oh, this is going out on the Monday before we go to see No Effects on Friday the twenty sixth. So, Lovely. all things. Uh, so we basically will. We might even listen to this episode again and get all excited because there's a uh, little um, little tidbits of what we can expect. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, let's just let you get straight on with the episode. Uh, if you've got anything to say about it. Comment on um, Instagram, send us a DM, or punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. But, um, you know, Red, uh, I think you should go over and do the interview because I want to go with you, but I think I'll stay. Want to go with you, but I think I'll stay. Want to <laughs> go with you, but I think I'll stay. Want to go. No, I'm coming as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Should, should, we, should we do this one? Because I. This is a good one, and I'm so excited that we've we've been able to get um, this this caliber of guest on our show. I know it's uh, it's wild. Uh, so yeah, here it is straight away. And the interview is happening right now. We are here with Karina Danike. Is that correct pronunciation? Well done. Yes. Well done. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm very pleased. I'm, just, I'm Welcome. impressed. <laughs> thank you so much uh thank you so much for, for being here karina um really really appreciate it um would you mind just giving our guests a uh a, a brief overview of of uh what it is well what how you got to be doing what you do <laughs> um well uh, i'm a singer primarily um i was in a band called dancehall crashers for about 18 years and I also now, uh, which is no longer a band, and then now I'm in no effects and play keyboards and sing a bunch of backups and uh, part of that whole fun experience. And I also do a lot of other music, which I've always done anyway on the sides and on the forefront and write my own songs and play in lots of other bands locally in San Francisco, California, Bay Area and record on lots of friends albums and guest on lots of great things no use for name hepcat um etc etc a lot of fat records albums me first and gimme gimme's and all kinds of extra fabulous guest spots that were really fun and that's the quick rundown i guess that is the quick rundown. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so it makes you one of the most um, appropriate guests we've ever had on. Uh, up until now, we've main no, we've been exclusively been dealing with fans of No Effects mm. uh, for the podcast, and now we have someone literally a, a member of the band. So uh, th- that's been how long has that been for? That's been 2016. Gosh, I joined 2016. So I sang nice. on quite a few of the records um over mm. over the years we toured dancehall crashes toured with them um we were on the label flat records label but we were on subsidiaries versions of the i mean like honest dons and um pink and black and um i sang on a bunch of their songs and albums like i'm an Al- i'm an alcoholic i'm singing back up on that and mattersville um and a bunch of just kind of 
random bits and pieces um, throughout the time. But but now as a full member of the band, full member, obviously, I'm the kind of auxiliary guest person, I suppose, but I am a member of the band since 2016. There, there were some likely self-effacing air quotes in there for our listeners at home just to... Uh... <laughs> Well, I feel weird saying I'm a member of the band since they've been together for 40 years. And so I wouldn't, well, it's a funny way to say it. It's like, I'm a member of the band, but then I'm not really a member of the band because it's their band, but, you know. They invited you in. So uh, if, 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 anyone's the, yeah. if anyone has a problem with it, it's not one of those four. So uh, yeah. it should be all good. Um, thank you ever so much for sure. this. This is loosely related, but yeah, I, um, I uh, remember very clearly i think in about it must have been 1999 or something some mm-hmm. friends of mine uh and i we went uh camping to the seaside from uh leeds where we were to uh filey which is um on the east coast uh in the north and uh, that was when i was uh in, i was in the car with uh, my friends uh ruth and fran and uh fran was very excited because she had just put on to still cassette players in the cars in those days uh the younger listeners uh, yawning with their mouths closed i hope but uh, <laughs> but she was very delighted she was delighted because she got up extra early so she could put purr onto a cassette for listening in the car so and that was the first time i'd ever heard it so uh nice. i uh, i forever associate that record with um that trip uh yeah with a little a little road trip of uh, people who really probably weren't old enough to be uh, having a responsible weekend away together so that's uh, particularly uh, exciting so um we uh we want to sort of we sort of focus mainly on no effects for this but don't worry we will be putting all of your details where people can find you and your uh, your band camp where they can get your uh, under glass album and stuff like that uh, we'll be putting that in the description too but um if you don't mind a bit of yeah sort of no effects focused Chat. I mean, I might not be the best person to ask, but you go ahead. <laughs> I don't know everything that I should know there. Yeah, but what you ask, ask and I'll say no comment. We're not here for uh, history. We might be here for dirt. Details. But again, you can say no comment. But, uh, <laughs> were you um, sort of aware of No Effects as a, a band before you knew them socially in the in the sort of the music scene? Yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, I, gr- I actually grew up in England. I don't know if you know yeah. that, but I think I did tell you that. But anyway, I grew up in England uh, until I was 12. So I was sort of a rude girl in a punk rocker early days. Whereabouts in England? In Cambridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I grew up in, born and raised in Cambridge, but my dad still lives in London. So I would go mm-hmm. and see him a lot. And so, and he was actually into punk and so uh, sort of like, you know, and my older brother was really influential in, in music stuff that I was, you know, then got into. So punk, punk and ska and, you know, the specials and um, Alfie and Donna and et cetera, et cetera. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's another whole thing. That's not the question you asked. But the, the reason I'm no, saying no, it's that fine. is... It, it is personal because Red and I are both Strictly Roots. So... Um... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're wearing your khaki uh, khaki suits. Oh, I'm I'm sat in my heels and thing right now. Rolling down <laughs> your bends, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, that's kind of my background, you know, really kind of ska heavy and and uh, 
you know, new way, uh, you know, some new wave stuff, but, you know, Susan Banshees and uh, kind of English punk rock stuff, you know, mm. from that time. Old. I'm old. So, yeah, uh, early 80s. And almost, that's all I'll say. Uh, and then uh, I moved to California where um, Gilman Street, kind of into Berkeley, um, yeah, Gilman yeah. Street. So that was sort of Operation Ivy, Fishbone, yeah, yeah. kind of ska punk scenes there, um, yeah. which, I mean, Fishbone's L.A., but. Operation Ivy was <clears throat> Bay Area, San Francisco, I mean, uh, Berkeley, mm-hmm. which is where I was. And that's where Dancehall Pressure started. So anyway, long story short, I was aware of no effects. Yes, I was. Uh, of course, I was into them. But I sort of had where Californians kind of grew up with, you know, they're more of a California scene. I kind of had still been felt attached to like the specials and Madness and the Selector. And, you know, like yeah. I said, Althea and Donna, Toots and Maytales and things that were a bit more, you know, kind of my my sort of growing up years and my rude girl years uh and so and the clash and and things like that so and Susie and so coming into the California scene it was a bit of a different different thing I wasn't I didn't because it wasn't my initial kind of you know how your influences get really stuck in a sort of time period for you where like the nostalgia is really kind of goes with you for the rest of your life really (laughs) right so yes, I totally yeah, knew, yeah. knew who No Effects was, and as as I as we were playing more shows, um, and being more involved in the scene, and especially like I lived around the corner from Gilman Street Project, so which oh, is wow. okay. yeah, but so it was like very close to there. So we would go there a lot, and and I got much more into the California kind of punk scene that way. Um, and so at that point, that's when I kind of knew about No Effects, of course, and they're brilliant. And then we and Dancehall Crashers toured with them a bunch. Uh, we yeah, did a yeah. tour with them. We did Reading Festival Europe uh, in uh, in England, and uh, <clears throat> and did a bunch of tours with them, and had a brilliant time. And uh, so even before that, you know, before touring with them, of course, I knew who they were and all that. But but it was a different, more English kind of coming in rather than California. Cool. cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, but we have this sort of. Um, list of questions that we ask everyone who comes on so they're um none of these have, have been designed to catch anyone out uh, they're just uh, they're just the sort of little uh it's like um you know inside the actor's studio it's like that Uh-oh. it's got those uh, th- those <laughs> questions at the end so uh just basically uh but the good thing is is that we get to ask you this from sort of two perspectives so do you have a favorite no effects song i thought i had a feeling you were gonna ask me that and the, and the Karina bonus question is, what's your favorite song to perform as a part of No Effects? Well, that's a but great little uh, addendum. I've twisted it, Red. What's what I've done? <laughs> um, speaking of, I'm getting a call right now from my sound guy. <laughs> uh, oh, God. My favorite No Effects song. That's a very hard question. I mean, I think it changes a little bit. Um mm. Yeah. At the moment, I'm really loving Marxist Brothers because we haven't played that until until nice. now yeah. as oh, a wow, as yeah. a live thing. Even though personally, I'm not playing on it a ton myself. Meaning, I'm playing some keyboards, but I'm not. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't sing mm-hmm. on it very much. Um, and so, as far as that's concerned, I just love that song. It's totally brilliant. Uh, it is great that one. I, Mike is a brilliant songwriter. It's just I'm, I mm-hmm. kind of always floored it. To be honest, it's like. <laughs> It's a, it's a constant, especially as we're getting all these these songs together for this tour. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, learning all kinds of things that we never play and they've never played, and 
live. And, and so uh, that's kind of my maybe current favorite at the moment, just because it's, we haven't, we just started playing it live and it's, I just think it's brilliant. And that's great. yeah, another song I love just because I sang on it. I think it's a pretty great song is I'm an alcoholic. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love singing Eat the Meek always. And oh, I, I would say mm. Bruise. I, I love Bruise. Can't help it. <laughs> you know, I'm Jewish. And I just think it's hilarious and, and brilliant. And, and and obviously growing up in English skinhead punk scene thing, it's just like very funny, the oi, oi, oi thing. <laughs> so I remember so, the first time. I think that was one of the first songs where I, when, when I heard No Effects initially that I that I uh, kind of got it. Like, oh, they're not just, you know, doing this California punk thing that I didn't quite understand yet, the skate punk thing, which a lot of bands were more serious and they weren't, or just not, not as funny or not as, you know, sort of intelligent kind of you know sardonic and sarc- yeah. Yeah. lyrics like i kind of think that was one of the first songs that got me like oh oh now i get it yeah and just the fact that you know jews and you know hefe being latino and stuff it's kind of it's nice it's not just white boys you know, yeah. in a band yeah which yeah. has a lot and, and the fact that we've always had this this um rainbow flag to me is is a, is a brilliant the fact that it's they're all straight men essentially and then they have this rainbow yeah, flag yeah. posted there and this we've always had that for years with limo the old people player put that up there but um anyway as far as songs are concerned those are my favorites at the moment that's amazing and also i think it's great to uh, thank you for those uh, answers they're, they're great plenty that we've not had before as well and all of them absolute bangers in my uh, in my opinion and, but, and uh, we'll be hearing the marxist brothers when we uh go to the leeds date because that's oh, yeah. uh, yes. that's on wolf right uh wolf yeah. and... that's on wolves yeah yeah, yeah. it's hard oh, to... wow, excellent. it's really hard to play <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, not We're so much you. for me. Not so much for me, but it's hard to play and sing because, uh, and because sure. it's not, yeah, just like the bass line and the, yeah, and the kind oh, of, of course, sort yeah. of star rhythm and then, yeah, but lyrically, I just think it's brilliant. And, yeah. But uh, also a, a brilliant uh, point about the, the, the real celebration of diversity that sort of permeates no effects of stuff. Uh, Red and I are both uh, non-binary individuals. And uh, mm-hmm. so as such, the, uh, the rainbow flag and stuff like that does uh, does cause a flutter in our hearts as well. So that's uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very a big nice deal. To, Not nobody's yeah. doing that, especially. I mean, I just felt like the nineties. Mm. As, as far as I was concerned, it felt very machismo, and you know, as a woman in in the scene, you know, nobody was that weird to us. I mean, except for maybe non musicians um, were for sure. We got a lot of mm. a lot of shit and a lot of flack, and it was difficult. Um, Mm. you know, end up writing a lot of kind of pro-feminist lyrics at the time because it was not, you know, you're just basically surrounded by white dudes and it's, it was a fair amount of that energy, even, even if musicians themselves were not that way, you know, and and some of the bands, of course, people were pretty great, but, but I mean, just to have this other representation and to push that representation, whether or not it's, you know, because they're white, straight men, I mean, they're not white, but I mean, not all of them, but I'm just saying because they're straight men mm. to have this flag, I just think it's incredible. It's like, do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fight for abortion and fight for women's rights and fight for, you know, everybody's equal rights. And, and the fact that they were doing that when a lot of other bands were not talking about anything political in the nineties yeah. here, here mm. anyway, in yeah. England, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit different, but not here, not in, the, not mm. in California. Things were really good in the nineties. <laughs> it's like people were, you know, you're able to, 
like make money on on music for a change you know because you could produce your own cds which was that window of time where people were leaving like major labels starting their own labels like fat records and epitaph and you could actually make money and and tour and you know it was cheap to tour all the things that you know aren't as easy now again for different reasons like no one wants to buy music brexit happened Uh, (laughs) didn't it just Do you know what? Brexit comes up on this podcast far more than Red and I would like it to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really has ruined everything. (laughs) Fucking nightmare. Absolute fucking nightmare. You're not wrong. It's uh, it's absolutely true. But no, and um, it does seem like um, there was a a sort of a golden... I think it wasn't actually no effects who... I remember seeing an interview with Alkaline Trio Mm -hmm. and Matt Skiba said that... um, I think it was, uh, he said he was really impressed when he saw Jawbreaker because he said it was the first time I thought you could make music that sounded like that, that wasn't about girls or pizza. And just just <laughs> like a sort of, that like lyrical content could be something with a bit more substance to it. You know, it could be yeah. about a haunted motorbike or other yeah. stuff that, you know, Matt Skeever appears to enjoy, which I'm all for. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, thank you so much. That's, that's, that's brilliant. Um, similar vein but um do you have a favorite no effects album and is there an (laughs) or you or i'll give you an option here or are there albums that you're looking forward to playing in their entirety or being involved in and albums that you're more not 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 looking forward to so say again the red uh albums that are more favorable well, more favorable or ones that you find more uh, tricky, maybe, or more more taxing? Well, I mean, I'll be honest, there's a little window of time where I there's not a whole lot for me to play on, like ribbed and stuff like that. There's not tons of mm. tons of parts sure. for me to play. I'm going to probably side with, a, you know, with, with, well, the last four albums that we just played, oh, it's hard to say, God damn it. Pump up the volume. Mm-hmm. I love. I, I love wolves. I love so long. I love mm-hmm. white trash. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't say that I really love one more than the other. I think that again, I have personal favorite songs within each record. So, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm terrible at this kind of thing in in general. I can't ever tell you of my favorite artists. Maybe the favorite album, but maybe one or two. But. but uh i don't know i can throw out one just to say it but it's like what, I don't even know. whatever you like um sure, I'm you know. right now but but i mean I, i'm <laughs> you know i mean i'm i'm on coaster as well and and um oh, yeah. and i'm yeah. on which and i'm on um uh the war on errorism so i have like some mm. you know i like i like those records too uh i think probably the value was pretty great i think wolves is, i mean wolves i would say these four albums which we just played are are in my top so i that's wolves and white trash and so long and pump up the volume so and i i have a hard time deciding on one i'm sorry it's fair. And that, really and we that can say it. any of them yeah. if you need to put that on a list somewhere look, look we uh we're we're not uh we don't have a spreadsheet it's okay. fine we're uh, you know <laughs> we do have one spreadsheet but that's um but that's not for this question um we'll get to that but uh yeah was that in uh austin yeah, we just we just uh, had a, a few days in Austin of practice, and then we played 
two records on one night and the other two records on the other night. And every show is going to be different. So it's like, you know, on, we're playing in San Diego this weekend and we're playing, I think, I think we're playing Wolves and Decline. <coughs> Definitely playing the Decline. So, um, and every show that we're going to be doing on this tour is going to have a different variation of whatever we're working on. So it's, we're covering a lot of material and every yeah. show is different. It's about 36 to 40 songs that we're doing per night. It's a lot. Amazing. So that- in, in, in terms of like band practice, is there like an emphasis on like, do they want the band like really tight? Like, do you practice until the songs are super tight or is there like... No comment. Does- <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. Because <laughs> no, I would imagine they want it to be a little bit loose in, in places or... No, I mean, ultimately they, they like to be tight when they, when we can get it as tight as possible. But some of these songs are pretty hard. Some of these songs are, I think, where I think there's definitely been like a, Ooh, Ooh, this is hard. You know, especially to play and sing songs that you've never played. And then to do that live, um, Mm. you know, maybe a song from 20 or 30 years ago that was never played live. And possibly Mm -hmm. if you've done, things in the studio where you play in a great bass line and then you sing sung later maybe or something like there's you know some songs end yeah. up being studio songs it doesn't even if they're not intended to be initially but they end up kind of like oh let's layer a thing and let's do a thing and add like five harmonies on like you know monday is my favorite time of year or something it's like mm. and all those parts are really difficult like jefe has is trying to like play the crazy chord progression that's going fast and sing these <coughs> out of time you know, backups, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I can sing back with him, but you know, there, there's some tricky stuff. So um, we're trying to get as tight as possible for sure. Those guys are, those guys are great musicians and they yeah. really hold themselves to high standards and mm-hmm. they, they're like, no, I got to get it perfect. So for sure. But it, yeah, it's no effects. It's always going to have a little bit of, you know, fun and looseness, yeah. but I don't, that's not the intention to like not play it well. That's never an intention. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it'll, I mean, and I, and, and when they, you know, when we're rehearsing, we're, we're really trying to get, get it down. Yeah. Hmm. You know, smelly's badass. They're keeping it together. You know, it's, yeah. 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 I, uh, I remember I saw them once, I think it was at a Leeds festival and they played Rico but yeah. um, Mike said, uh, yeah, Melvin's playing bass for this one because I can play the bass line or sing it, but not both. So yeah. uh, <laughs> so swapped for the swapped instruments. They for the always song do, and, yeah. That, yeah. That always yeah. happens. So, uh, so already they were, you know, even back, I mean, that might have been 15 years ago maybe. Yeah. Um, even then they were already sort of going, well, let's just, tip the balance a little bit so we can actually do this one live and so um you know with the swapping about because i understand um they've got is it one of the uh guitar techs who's also playing sort of a bit of third guitar yeah john graber is a great musician and um also an audio engineer and producer and worked on single album and double album as well and did some recording right. and he's, he's been doing a lot of uh work with mike on and off <clears throat> over the last four, few years basically since the pandemic actually started mm-hmm. and he's great and he's he's doing um a lot of audio work for us anyway on stage yeah. and monitors and and production and 
recording and things like that. So, um, and he's a killer ska guitar player and it's great to have this extra. I mean, you know, if you watch anything like any uh, old live shows, like things like the decline, there's always usually somebody that comes up and plays guitar at the end so that Hefe can play trombone. Oh yeah. yeah. We need the two guitars, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, we need that second guitar going. Otherwise it'll be kind of, you know, you've got a lead guitar part and a rhythm guitar part and the horn. So we can't, he can't play both. So, so there's, there's always been times when certain, you know, certain songs or um, if, if there's somebody around that can play, come in and play something like we just did door nails and Stacy mm. D came up and played acoustic guitar for that. Oh, great. You know, so it, it, when, whenever it's like a little bit of, it makes sense for sure. We'll add yeah. another person and, 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 and Graber's amazing. John is amazing. Scott guitar player among other things. Yeah. Keyboardist. I and saw other. him because I think it was on Instagram. There was a video. Yeah. Um, uh, someone was stood uh, next to Smelly's kit and then uh, filming him. And yeah, it was it was great. He was, yeah. uh, I think he was singing as well. He was like, well, wow, really, really great idea to get this guy in. And yeah, he's to, because it sounded so good. It was on was it 180 degrees or something like that. It was yeah. it was it was great. Um, I, was like, I mean, so it just felt some obviously some people were uh, disgusted at the idea um but that's the world we live in but i just thought what a it's great not idea like it's to all, all the songs it's like it'll be like yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. two songs that we and, and it'll be because sometimes because somebody like if hefe is playing horn he can't do both like he yeah, can't play horn and guitar I, at the same time and uh, i thought yeah. it was a, a really great thing of um you know uh, the song and and graber's not singing he he, he'll he'll sing along because he knows every single no effect song such an amazing he knows all the lyrics so he'll be like no you guys are singing the wrong lyrics yeah (laughs) i'm like and he knows all the chords he's like he's like badass musician and and he knows Andy like, to have around yeah and he's like ah used to playing that wrong no but um but he's not he's not singing on the on the live uh shows uh, he's oh. just singing, he's just singing along because he's singing. oh right I, may, <laughs> yeah. I, I must have imagined the microphone he was giving well, there might so be a much, microphone, but that's because we communicate with each other too so um oh, yeah so there's some communication oh, on stage. Right. like he has to communicate Those with front are, of the house yeah with our inner monitor. your in-ear monitor yeah. things and stuff like that right right yes. So oh, we have to like we can you know if if he's talking to the front of house to Kent, who's wow. doing front of house sound, it might be like a hey, there's an issue with a blah blah blah, and the, oh okay, all and right, so we no, because we I mean, can hear Graber and and we can hear Kent and we can hear. Smelly. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, because I, I, I just I just thought they were oh while he's playing he might as well sing as well. I was you know I was uh, I was happy with the idea because it but it just made it it really showed a sort of a level of effort that's gone into this sort of last tour. Yeah, where there are these sort of additions that you know if you'd have maybe if you'd have told them twenty years ago they might have gone why would we do that you know <laughs> it's sort of you know it's one of those <laughs> progressions which uh, uh, is really really appealing but uh, yeah I, I mean I the, think. Uh, I think Mike is really is really good at pushing himself and pushing the band and pushing his music and everything that he does, you know, this punk rock museum, everything he, he really like, he's a creative force. It's intense. Like he's a nonstop creative force. And, you know, he's like, this is what we're doing. We're doing every show is going to be different. It's going to be doing every album, every damn song, 40 years, 40 <laughs> songs, 40 shows he has his plan he has a you know an idea and then we all have to like okay let's get you know let's get it let's all get it done and um 
but you know he is he's pushing himself he's pushing all of these guys all of us to do to do these shows like well we're gonna learn all these songs and make sure we cover every single one you know or whatever but this is really whetting my appetites for uh, when we come and see you all in Leeds. So I'm, uh, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. we were already excited. It's not like <laughs> we were already definitely uh, positive on this, but this uh, it sounds wonderful. Um, I, I'm just I'm just slightly mindful of time, so uh, I'll keep crashing on with the questions. Um, okay. Do you have a favourite No Effects lyric? Oh God! You can send John a text if you need to. Uh... <laughs> No, I mean, a favorite no effects lyric. Um, I mean, like I said, I feel like Marx's Brothers right now is one of my favorite songs. So uh, maybe something in that because there's some good ones. Oh, that or Bruise probably are <laughs> one of my favorite like little one liners. Um, I mean, I took... Uh, I took the bus to the anarchist uh, book fair and left the hybrid at home. I mean, those, those are funny to me. Those lyrics are just hilarious to me. Um, you know, I scored an extremely rare copy of, you know, manifesto, like just stuff that's just, oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm terrible with like a one. I, this is like, if you ask me what my favorite color is, I couldn't tell you. I'm, not, I'm one of those people that can't <laughs> be like, that's too much pressure to say one thing is my favorite. I would probably say something from Marxist Brothers or yeah or Bruce right now because I like I like his humor. Uh, yeah. To me, yeah. to me, uh, especially if you're if you're kind of commenting on anything political or, you know, or just mm. making fun of yourself, you know, mm. I love his like transvestite transvestite lyric, which I think is pretty <laughs> hilarious too um, from the newer albums that were. Um, you know, another song I forgot to say that I loved is um, Fish in a Gun Barrel, which I don't know if that kind of was a release that came oh, yeah, out. Yeah. I love that song. And actually, that's one of my favorite lyrics, I would say, is only a lunatic sells a lunatic a gun. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite lyrics from that song. Yeah. It's uh, succinct and just wish it didn't have to be a lyric that existed. But exactly. you know, <laughs> but it put it puts the onus back on the people that are pretending to have it, you know, not be on them. It's like yeah. you're the lunatic because you sold the lunatic a gun. It's yeah. like stop blaming the lunatic only for the fact that yeah. they can get a gun from you. I mean, it's yeah, and we're in, obviously so fucked right now in the states. It's like every day, mm-hmm. every day we're getting one another mass shooting it's uh it's wretched so that might be my, my favorite one of my favorite lyrics mm-hmm. it's a great choice it's funny we were we do uh, episodes where we discuss like each uh, like go through each album and sort of have a, yeah. a deep dive on it and we've just recorded uh white trash uh, the other day mm-hmm. and you have, the last three songs you didn't realize go johnny appleseed she's yeah. gone and then buggly eyes mm-hmm. and it's like there's these two daft hefe's doing a silly voice songs right and then she's gone which is absolutely heartbreaking and... oh my. but but somehow it like it doesn't feel out of place like it yeah, i don't know weird. it was yeah. um they work yeah. um yeah but unusual and love so that yeah. love that song oh, that's it's... really fun to do that one live 
Oh, I um, I saw you, uh, you three, uh, practicing the harmonies again on Instagram, mm. um, and I was. It made me hugely because we get to see white trash, so we'll be seeing that um, at Leeds, and uh, absolutely uh, is one of my favorites. It's been one of my favorite yeah. No Effect songs. Feels good. This <laughs> you're going to hate this question. Um, do Do you have a favorite memory of No Effects? <laughs> I actually do have one one that's going to jump out. I can't say I can't say these ones are my favorite, but there's one that's jumping out that I'll just whichever one jumps out. Yeah, great. Um, which is uh, we played with the Misfits. Dancehall Crashers opened for No Effects, and I want to say it was in Copenhagen, but it might have actually been. This is like nineteen. I'm terrible at years too. I think it was like 98 or something or nine. And we played in this tiny club and it was small for some reason. And we opened for no effects and the misfits. And it was kind of just like the most random. We were in this very, yeah, like it was like probably like 500 size club or it felt even smaller than that but like maybe three to five hundred like I don't know why we were in such a small club and and then Mike got on stage with them and sang with them oh, and I wow. do have some photographs from back from from them that I have no to way. drag out but also just going backstage and seeing them like working out oh, yeah. <laughs> and how big they were I'm not one of those people that's afraid very much you know I've lived in whatever I lived in bad neighborhoods I've been traveled a lot i'm not a, I'm a very afraid person but i have to say i was actually kind of a little bit afraid of them. <laughs> just like on seeing them in person and how big they were like in real life like their muscles and they're just working out like just really i was like what the hell and you know just to kind of see that in person and then um you know getting their just their stage show on and then mike being so excited and getting on stage with them and i don't know why for some reason that sticks out in my head because it was a bit, it was just really random. That is, it's Small, that really yeah, is like, weird. Why are we here with the misfits? No, <laughs> that's, 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 that's when I'm it pops st- out. I'm still trying to put dancehall crashes and misfits on the same bill, I, I and made no it, sense. It's, it's <laughs> I'm trying to crowbar one of them really hard to get the other one. It's, it's, it's that's wild, that's yeah. incredible. Um, <laughs> I definitely they, felt um, like legendary. You know, this is like this is a moment I will always remember. Like this, but it's yeah, because so we weren't touring with them either. It was just this one date that we did with them. It was really strange. I, Maybe we I, did well, two dates, but that was the weirder one for me. I remember just being like, <laughs> a small club with misfits and in, uh, in Copenhagen. In Copenhagen. What is happening? Really strange. <laughs> that yeah, that is a that is a pinch me. This must be some sort of fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Were they? Did, were you still uh, lightly afraid? Did, did you did you speak to the misfits? Did they make I you did. feel any less frightened? They were they were they were nice, but they were intimidating. Like I yeah, don't sure. feel intimidated very much. Actually, like I said, I don't mm. feel like. Yeah, I don't feel intimidated by people per se or. Mm-hmm. You know, probably mm-hmm. a couple of my, you know, huge heroes, I, I would be for sure. But, yeah. but, um, but for some reason, they just, they're so kind of larger than life in, in, re- in reality, they're larger than life. It's just, 
yeah. you know, it's not just like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's the misfits. Like you, you just, there's also kind of like a physically larger than life that kind of just feel yeah. very. So I, I did feel, I, I was not afraid at the end, but I definitely kept, I was like, well, you're kind of scaring me a little bit. I'm just going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. I suppose the, um, with the, with with a band like Guar or something, there's an awful lot of like sort of platforms and uh, yeah. sort of costumes and stuff. Where it's mm-hmm. like, no, we are our own costumes, thanks. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> we, Guar and they come to our shows. Um, they come they come see us play, and they're so sweet, hey. so <laughs> sweet. Like that's why it's funny. It's like that's yeah. kind of what I'm used to. Is like the the feeling of like it's Guar, you know, blood, <laughs> yeah. and then and they're like, hey, how's it going? Like so nice. <laughs> <back stage. laughs> just kind of confused by where i didn't feel that way with them misfits that's why i was like oh a little scary yeah (laughs) totally fine totally nice not mean or anything we've got a bit of a a weird question it's um what do you think is the best way to sort of introduce a non-fan to no effects i mean i i sort of feel like they're pretty diverse musically actually much more so than you know many of our other favorite bands that are also great but you know the ramones are pretty it's one sound and you're going to get that sound yeah. the whole time mm-hmm. so i think i would try to kind of figure out <laughs> it's just the way my my mind works i guess but what that person might like you know whether they like kind of more of a this kind of ska reggae sound like eat the meek mm-hmm. and you know whether they have a sense of humor to me you know, Mike's lyrics are obviously just so humorous that I kind of go that direction a little bit just so that they, they don't think, and, and I tell them to read the lyrics actually, because I think yeah. that a lot of times something like, for example, bruise, if you're not listening to lyrics properly, you just think it's a, you know, it's an oi skinhead song. That's what you think, which is what's so funny about it. Um, or they might think it's just, you know, kind of lyrically just a bit bland and so um the decline is intense but i don't know that that's for everybody Uh, i think it's for no effects fans that or people that are really interested in listening to 18 minutes and getting into something so i might not use that one uh i think i would pick you know maybe not some of their joke songs because those are fun and again if you know the band then you know that it's it's a good like you know Johnny Appleseed or something like that. I wouldn't pick that, but I would probably pick, yeah, something like Bruise or, with the lyrics or Marxist Brothers or, I mean, everybody loves Linoleum. It's a great song. So mm-hmm. uh, I can't, I think I would gear it to the person a little bit. Like Fish yeah, in a yeah. Gun Barrel, I think is a genius song and it's not, you know, it hasn't been a big release. It's been a smaller release, but I think it depends on what the person likes and I would sort of gear it a little bit to what they might, you know, if they like kind of hardcore, more hardcore punk or something, then I would pick something. Perfect. Something else. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, we've got two questions left. Um, one is a big, <laughs> sort of quite a big question. And another one is a very a sort of a small question, really, but some people struggle. So we'll, we'll go with, um, what do you think will be NoFX's legacy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think they have pioneered 
some California political punk that has its own, you know, sound and flavor. And I think they're, they're a lot more diverse and more interesting than, than a lot of other bands. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Sorry. You know, again, things like leaving Jesus land is one of my favorite songs that I forgot to mention is again, lyrically to me, pretty great. It is, you know, that's a perfect song that kind of represents a California point of view, which um, growing up in England, you know, that was a bit foreign to me, but if you, if you Mm -hmm. understand what it's like to live here in the States, and if you understand what it's like to be in California and especially, you know, in the nineties and and then through our, you know, Bush years and our Trump years. Um, So I, 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 I think their legacy, I hope their legacy is, and I think it will be, um, a pretty a pretty good representation of uh, some of the diversity of punk rock, actually. You know, mm. um, so, sound-wise, lyrically, because there are some joke songs. I think a lot of people that don't know them just kind of uh, think they're a joke band or something like that, which is because they're so yeah. funny on stage, and, and they are so funny on stage. So... <laughs> I mean, I can't, you know, every night it's a complete comedy, different comedy show. I've been seeing them for however many years as a, as a touring, touring with them without being in the band and then being in the band and it's every night's just different, constant comedy. Um, so I think that they, I think that, and I think Mike has been really invested in the scene and in the community of punk, you know, even just doing this, this museum that he just, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that just started up and. I think he he's incredibly invested in the history. They are they they are kind of you know they they're legendary. They know everybody. They know they they were in the early punk scene of L.A., which was very violent, mm. um, and now kind of changed into a different thing in the '90s, and and now is again a different thing. Um, I think they are going to kind of capture a window of time, you know, the the kind of mid '80s until now. Um, of California punk, but but pretty a pretty diverse version of it instead of it kind of being, yeah. you know, like some of our other AFI and Alkaline Trio and Lagwagon. I think they're all amazing bands, but they but they but they kind of fall into like one a bit more of a singular genre, I would say. And I think that they mm-hmm. doing some ska and punk, and then doing some more heavy rock, you know. Um, and then, uh, and then doing these kind of fun things. I, I think I think we we got a pretty big wide genre. And him wearing a dress on stage. I mean, all kinds of things that are pushing boundaries. They they have been. They've been doing that. I think that's really impressive. You know, kill, kill all the white men. What a great song. Yeah. No, no other, <laughs> no other like a band around here would sing that. <laughs> it's hilarious well, and it's genius and it's it's. You know, it's funny and it's pushy, and and I think that they have really pushed boundaries, and uh, I don't. I hope they get that respect. They should get that respect, and they're great musicians. They're a great band. Absolutely, I remember. Oh, it's a while ago now, but a Canadian white supremacist group petitioned the government to ban No Effects from coming to Canada on tour, citing "Kill All the White Man." <laughs> <laughs> saying, well, if we can't go around saying our nonsense, then why are they allowed to say theirs? 
And that was the day white supremacy was destroyed forever. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Thankfully oh, it worked, what? yes. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> white supremacy free since 2012. So yeah. um, <laughs> we have come Karina thank you so much for this we've come to uh what may be the most difficult question <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 particularly for you big question um, but we have asked this to everybody else so we will it's ask you my favorite color isn't it it's your favorite color yeah, absolutely yeah no, it's the tough, the tough questions yeah 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 it's who is your favorite member of no effects oh you can't ask me that <laughs> <laughs> me, me, of course. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Very good. Good save. Dodge that one. Absolutely. I, I, I truly, and I'm not just saying this, I truly have a really good friendship with each one of them. Lovely. Absolutely. You know, I get to be, I get to like hang out with each of them in different, you know, I go to dinner with so-and-so on tour. I go hang out, you know, you know, I, I don't live close to them, so so we mostly just see sure. each other on the road and, and rehearsals and tour. I don't, I get to, don't get to see. I used to hang out with Mike a lot when he lived in in, in San Francisco and also oh, with yeah. Milton, but neither of them mm -hmm. live here anymore. Um, I feel like I have really good one on one relationships with each of them, and so I I can't say there's a favorite. I really, I really can't say they're sweeties. They're really nice. Yeah. Uh, they're funny. They're they're awesome, and I do genuinely mean that. I'm not just saying that, but yes, I'm obviously my favorite member. Of course you are. Absolutely. <laughs> you get it, Queen. Um, we, uh, no, thank you so much. We, we asked that to everybody because, yeah. Oh, you dodged that one. That was like the Matrix. You flew over backwards. The bullets yeah. went straight over you, back straight up again. Brilliant. Um, yeah, no, we ask... Uh, we ask everyone that, and it's been a much more fan-centric centric, um, sort of, you know, people who go, oh, well, uh, you know, I think... Uh, We'd interviewed eight people before there was anyone who'd even sort of said hello to any member of the band in person. So, um, you know, yeah. this is uh, you're really a step up in that regard. There you go. Um, is there anything non-no effects that you would like to uh, direct our listeners towards? Well, yeah, I mean, I've been working on, um, you know, I, I write my own songs and I do lots of um, fun, lots and lots of projects with uh, different different groups and different people have been doing a new little thing with Jesse Wagner and Alex Desert from Hepcat and Agrilites that I'm working on right now, which is super fun. I write my own music and I put out an album called Under Glass. Um, it's been a while now, but I'm working on some new new recordings and uh, oh, new originals, and that's on Bandcamp. And I have you know vinyl that I sell. I, I don't. I'm not on a major. I'm not on a label at the moment for that, but um, I would say, yeah, check out my website's a bit outdated, but karinazanike.com. I'm on all the social socials and kind of posting as projects are getting done. I'm posting them up. You know, I, I did some stuff with Mikey and his uke, uh, which are these kind of fun videos. I did Ramon's yeah. cover. You cosplayed Joey, Joey Ramon, yeah. <laughs> no way. Uh, well, I, I we did a fake. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. I was like, you know what? I've got the hair. I mean, look at this scrappy, sure. scrappy black, scruffy hair. So, put on a leather jacket, and it was easy. You were playing. Yeah, the, I look kind of like Joey Ramon. <laughs> turned out. You were playing playing the um, was it a xylophone or a glockenspiel? I could never. It's a vibraphone. I have a vibraphone. Oh. Uh, so it's a nice. A, 
which I play on on uh, Mattersville as well. That's me playing yes. on Mattersville. I also did, you know, a lot of recording for Mike's um, Home Street Home musical oh, that he yeah. was writing. So I was I was a big part of kind of workshopping all those vocals. Uh, now different people ended up singing them, but me and Stacy D were doing a lot of the vocals on that, and a, and a guy named Billy Bouchard who was in Water Dog and then uh, also in Dancehall Crashers for a while. So. But um, I guess just kind of, you know, follow my posts and see what's coming up because there's a lot of projects in the works. Um, I'd, I'd also just like to add is uh, something which I really enjoyed is uh, the podcast, The Electronic Lover. Wow, you check that out. That's a weird one. Yeah, really <laughs> weird. But uh, that's a musical podcast that you're yep. uh, one of the, the, the cast. Um, yeah, yeah, that's an it interesting weird, one. But, but uh, yeah, don't put it on in the background. Give it a proper listen. It's brilliant. Lisa Metzakapa did the music and Beth Lessig, mm-hmm. who's a great writer and um, she's an author. She's one of my favorite authors. She's super funny. And yeah, that's brilliant. And it's hard. It was really hard to learn that. It's like, oh. you know, it's great modern music. So I do, I do lots of things. I, there's a, I'm in about, I'm in a band called Red Room Orchestra that does like all these soundtracks. Uh, we do Twin Peaks soundtracks. So there's a lot of things I'm doing. And then, and then my originals, of course, are things that I, you know, feel, you know, I love. So hmm. working on those too. But and yeah, the, I'm in about, uh, the Cotton about Tales as well. Cotton Tales is a, is a kind of a, you know, we do a lot of early 20s, 30s, 40s American music. So um, kind of Billie Holiday era and Duke Ellington and Fats Waller. So a little earlier than even... Uh, that so I do a lot of that stuff I'm, I'm about to release um some recordings of those that era of songs so they're covers but they're that that era 20s 30s 40s amazing early, early American songbook early jazz kind of stuff so yeah keeps my chops up <laughs> phenomenal and what chops they are thank you ever thank so you. much really really appreciate this and uh, as a, a recommendation for if you're not familiar with dancehall crashes you could do a lot worse than start with their uh, show must go off uh dvd recording i am t- dvd look at me suggesting that youth go and buy dvds why don't you buy some <laughs> physical media like your granddad used to no, um, <laughs> karina thank you you truly are one of the punk rock elites thanks so much for joining us thank you so much please you're so welcome thank you so much Ciao very much what lucky, lucky, luckies we are. Absolutely. We're lucky. You're lucky. We're mm. all lucky. We're up. Just absolute luck sluts <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's, by the way, if uh, you want that to be the name or that we, the nickname we give our listeners, if you'd like to be referred to as the luck sluts, then um, <laughs> just let us know. Hashtag luck sluts. <laughs> What one of my favourite uh, fan names recently is uh, I was talking to comedian Finn Taylor on his uh, recent tour show. Uh, fantastic comedian, particularly if you like your if you like your comedy edgy without it being Nazi. Oh. <laughs> I would I would definitely recommend uh, Finn Taylor. He's a fantastic stand up comedian. Um, but he was <laughs> recently told on Twitter that his fans are now referred to as Finn cells, and. <laughs> <laughs> It has entertained him no end. That's something, isn't it? Yeah, that's um, absolutely. Well, uh, luckily, um, 
I don't think our fans have uh, behaved in such a way that any nickname like that would come along. But we're not here to talk about uh, talk about nicknames. Although hashtag Lux Lutz, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> what I mean, what a what a, an interview. Uh, absolutely, I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> I'm something of a fan. Of... I, I I think you played it cool. I, oh, I think it's fine. Cool. Hey, also top marks for getting the pronunciation of Karina's last name right first time. I think that's uh, good research on your part. Well, yes, I, uh, I I try my best. I uh, I'm basing that I think in the liner notes of um of one of the albums that she's on. It's either mm-hmm. well, like one of the before she joined, so it'd be Coaster or maybe War on Errorism. Yeah, it uh, it has a phonetic um, spelling which is D U H, like duh. Yeah, uh, knee as in the the leg joint, uh, and then K as I think it's just K A Y or something. But yeah, sure. Pardon me. And so I, I based it on that, and apparently. I assume she gets Denicky all the time, but um, she didn't yeah. get Denicky with us. She was uh, incredibly forthright. And you know what? Now, this means as of recording, Hefe mm-hmm. still doesn't have a vote for favourite member, but Karina does. <laughs> That's going to sting, isn't it? That's. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, like Hefe joined a little bit. Later, no, I, you know, later you know than what? Karina. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I realise as I'm saying it, I'm just digging myself a bigger hole. <laughs> Look, um, it's uh, that question is only designed to be silly. I don't know if you've checked. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed by now, but um, certainly, uh, it's a shame. Uh, it's a shame that one wasn't filmed uh, because the uh, look on her face as we asked her, we might as well have said. Um, why don't you choose one of your siblings to survive? She, it was honestly, it was, it was that she was that scandalized, but bless her. Wonderful. So pleased with that episode. Still, still in a light amount of shock. I'm going to say I'll, uh, I'll yeah. probably uh, have difficulty dropping off tonight because there'll be adrenaline and whatnot going on. But um, do go and check out all of uh, Karina's projects. If you like music, uh, then there'll be something she does that you'll dig on. She's one of those. Absolutely. And I just, you know, want to extend another thank you to Karina because I think she was so generous with her time. And, you know, like uh, we've got such insight into the band, particularly mm. on this new tour. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just really appreciate uh, the, the effort that's gone into this one. Yeah. The, uh, the little, uh, the little uh, drips of behind the scenes. um mm content that she was uh putting into our you into our iv uh for <laughs> us that was uh that's really going to be keeping us going i'm i'm super excited to see this show now because i think it's going to be unlike any previous no effects show more so than ever and yep. also i think i think i might be pick, um so i think you mentioned that we're going to be seeing white trash in leads but i don't think that we are i think that we're seeing punk in drublick and wolf in wolves clothing you're absolutely right. Mm. It's white trash and so long at Hatfield. It is. Oh, which wow. I'll, I'll openly admit now. Hey, I know that the only people that listen to this are going to be fans of No Effects. I kind of I'm regretting not getting tickets to both. <laughs> so am I. Um, 
but you know there might be tickets still available it's just whether i can afford them or not that's the uh yeah thing um still we could go to you could go to coffee.com forward slash punk rock elite podcast if you really think no no, no i'm not doing that <laughs> absolutely not no. leave it in um i'll leave it in sure uh i'll leave it in but act as if i'm disgusted with myself um no uh, uh seriously though uh, there have been a couple of uh, donations that you can find through the the link tree in the show notes and stuff and we do appreciate uh, all of those and uh, they do essentially just go into sort of making this it's it's you know it's uh yeah. it, and, and that's absolutely fine and we're, we're happy with that if uh if red and i win on the scratch cards in the next couple of weeks <laughs> then maybe we'll uh treat ourselves to a hatfield but um you know until then uh you know we'll just have to we'll just have to make do it's okay we can but dream of course um you can't have everything and that includes no effects forever so you know, we'll, I'm sad now. I know I'm sad as well, <laughs> but um, but yeah, just oh, so pleased with this episode. This is oh god, this is awful, isn't it? We've just had me talking over everyone for an hour, and then <laughs> me going, I thought that was brilliant personally. What? <laughs> this has gone from the best episode to the worst episode we've ever done, just like that. I can't believe what I've done here. Anyway. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um gosh what a joy um again thank, well thank you to, to everyone for for listening mm-hmm. we uh we will be back with an album that i i don't know yet don't know what it's <laughs> going to be but we'll uh we'll find out thank you ever so much uh thank you red for joining us on this adventure no problem at all thank you so much for having me i'm really oh. looking forward to the, the to the live shows more than yeah. ever now Really, it, this really has uh, has got me in a in a watching No Effects live mood. Um, so, thank you very much. If you have anything you'd like to add, uh, dear listener, then uh, punkrockelitepodcast at gmail dot com, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a Pick Scrapes and Fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.